0: I'm with James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy, and, um, you know, James, if you would kind of share with everyone where the Iron Cowboy came from, like what is, uh, what's inspired you to go out um, and, and challenge your limits, right? I know that you hold a, a current world record for the most, uh, I guess, consecutive Ironman distance triathlons competed within a single calendar year. Um, I was able, you know, you came and spoke at an event of ours and I was able to watch your uh, Netflix documentary, which was freaking awesome, uh, where you accomplished 50 triathlons in 50 states in 50 days. But kind of before we get into that journey, I, I'm always curious, like what inspired you to even, how did that even enter your brain or like what inspired you to even start, right?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean,
0: every, every
1: headline or highlight that you see, there's a, a decade worth of something beforehand. And uh, just going all the way back, I grew up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I grew up as a wrestler. Um, just always loved sport and competition. Uh, I moved to Utah, met my wife. Uh, celebrated twenty years of marriage, and we've got five kids together, and so that's super cool. Um, and together, my wife and I got into um, triathlon. We got into running, and then we did find the multi sport, which was we loved it, and uh, and we've been doing it for a long time, and. Um, I mean, there's so many facets to this, but I I owned a mortgage company and then the economy crashes and we all experienced that hardship. And I partnered with a charity and uh, I wanted to raise money and do some philanthropic work. And so I came up with a concept to combine my passion with the ability to help others. And I I broke the world record um, for the most half Ironmans in a single year, all official events around the world and uh, with the attempt to raise money and build dams in Africa and affect those people and give them sustainability. Um, And after completing that, you know, like anything in life um, you have to have experiences to gain knowledge and to be able to evolve. And when you're in the middle of something, it always seems like it's the most difficult and impossible thing to do until you've done it. And then you can take the next step on your journey. And the half Ironman led to a full Ironman world record, in 2012, and that led us to the, 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 the notion that we could attempt 50 consecutive full Ironman distances. And for those that don't know that are listening, an, a full Ironman is a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike ride, followed by a full marathon run, 26.2 miles. So that's a total of 140.6 miles, and it's considered to be one of the single toughest days in sport. And so the notion that we were going to attempt 50 consecutive, not just 50 consecutive, but to do one in every single state. So 50 days, 50 states, 50 um, Ironmans, uh, we, we were ridiculed and laughed at. And so, you know, that, that that kind of journey took us along there. And the reason I got kind of dubbed the Iron Cowboy is because um, Ironman is one of the least friendly spectator sports on the planet. And, uh, I, my kids were young at the time. They were five kids, six and under while we were kind of in the middle of this. And, uh, I, I wanted them to be able to see me coming and have that energy exchange and that value, um, for them and me as a racer and them as a spectator. And so I, I'd wear a cowboy hat during the, the marathon portion and just started to get called the iron cowboy because I was doing so many events and the name, the name just stuck. And, and now we've turned it into an entrepreneur
0: brand and, and have, have a lot going on with it. So it's a lot of fun. Well, you know, before um, we kind of get started, I think, um, I just want to point out to people, you you said, so you completed these 50 Ironmans, but you keep saying we, and for people listening in, I hope you all understand like the language. Why do you say we? I mean, you're the one actually sweating and running and and completing it. So when you say we, what, is, what does that mean? Or who does we represent? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I
1: I, I, I don't do it intentionally and it, it's because it's just a core value of mine that nothing great is ever accomplished on our own and you aren't where you are without others. And, and I, and I truly believe that that nothing great is ever accomplished in a solo pursuit and solo pursuits are selfish. And it's unfortunate because a lot of triathletes get dubbed as selfish athletes or an individual sport gets dubbed those athletes gets dubbed as, as selfish um, but I, I I firmly believe that there isn't a single athlete at the highest level that wouldn't say that we didn't get here. Even I mean, even right now, if you're paying you know, – nobody's got anything to do, so most people are watching the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary. Even Michael Jordan, he said in the documentary, I, I wouldn't be here without Pippen and my teammates. Like right. the greatest basketball player on the earth recognizes nothing great is ever accomplished on our own.
0: No, I, and I love that. I literally just uh, posted a podcast today – um, just on, you're only as good as your team, right? I have a, a philosophy. I, I heard someone say this 20 years ago and it's just resonated with me. Um, and it's a turtle that can get to the top of a fence post by itself. Um, yeah. and for some people, they miss I've that, right? That. Yeah. And, uh, but no, I, I just think that's important because there's so many moving parts and there's there, there has to be, um, there's so many people that contribute Uh, to any success and so I I just number one I wanted to acknowledge you acknowledging uh, that you have an entire team behind you and a a huge level of support and people that are that are constantly cheering for you and so I I think it's important because in business you're only going to be as good as your team as well and I think that for a lot of you a lot of people they they need to recognize that if someone's not on their team um, they need to go find a, a core group or a a peer group that is on their team, you know, and that does believe in them. And so um, I just thought that was awesome. We've all
1: heard that we're the the sum of our five closest, closest friends and it's, it's true in business and it's true in relationships. And um, if you want to be a better person, surround yourself with amazing people.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I believe that. And so, um, so yeah, so uh, you, you mentioned um, the, uh, and by the way, if you all haven't checked out, checked out the Netflix uh, documentary, check it out. Um, I watched it just because um, yeah, I had a, a phone call with James um, about coming to speak at an event that we were doing. And I thought it was going to be a 10 minute call, it ended up being an hour call. I got off the call and I, I think I told him this when, when we met face to face. And I was like, well, I mean, if he can do 50 triathlons in 50 states in 50 days, I mean, I can do a 10K. And so I literally did 10 days of a 10K each day consecutively. And I hadn't really trained, but I, I just, in my brain, I kept thinking to myself, you said one thing to me and it's like, you know, push, push our own personal limits. Like what are, what are our personal limits and, and keep pushing it. And we learn more about who we are when we do that. And, um, and so I did that right at the beginning of the year in January, right before I met you, that was the last day I completed it on the day that I met you, by the way. And are, so, are, you still, are you still running? Um, no, I, I am not. I am. Well, I, I did a 5k three days ago. And okay. so, um, and then we just registered again for the dopey marathon, uh, which oh, yeah. is four can say my, my wife's done it two years in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I actually, um, during COVID, uh, not to digress. I, uh, my father passed away a couple of weeks ago and right. he's kind of always been my hero and, and, um, you know, and I literally just, when I went in to, to use the restroom to come back out, I told my wife, like, we need to go run or something today because it's just beautiful. And, and it helps me feel better. Yeah. Um, but but I did want to tell you, like, I, like I, that one um, thing that you said when we were on the phone call and then when I watched uh, the documentary, the one thing that really resonated with me, at least in the documentary, was... I think the psychological fortitude that you or the psychological battle that I perceived you going through in the first half of the race, right where you were trying to physically say get through it, but mentally you were being slowed down because the noise of either uh, not uh, getting getting the support initially that you might have anticipated, and this is just me guessing. And then also, as you were talking through the documentary, also the haters, the people that were coming in that were ridiculing you for, that didn't even know you, right? And then there was one point in the documentary where James, I, I just, and it was meant to be in the documentary, obviously, but you just kind of let go of it. And then you started gaining momentum and it you could kind of see a shift in your physiology if you're like paying attention, because I look for that stuff, but I just... I could relate to that so much at different stages in my life, you know, whether it was athletics or whether it was business. Um, so I don't, I don't know if there's a question in there, but it's more of an acknowledgement and I don't know if you want to maybe elaborate on it, but, uh, it was a number one, a thank you and just an acknowledgement.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's actually relevant to what the, the very unique space that we find ourselves living in right now. Um, the, you know, we, you, everybody is, is so worried and trying to figure out an impossible situation instead of focusing on what they can control and what's right in front of them. And that's, that's where people get into trouble is, is where you put your focus and attention. And deep into that journey, I had a choice to focus and give energy to haters and outside influencers that meant nothing or regroup and put my focus and attention, rally the team and really put the focus and attention on what we could control in that moment to move the needle forward. And as soon as we did that and had that paradigm shift and stopped giving energy away and, and maybe projecting is not the right word, but like focusing on something that we absolutely can't control. I think there's a huge lesson in that. And, and you're right. We did see a paradigm shift. I do want to mention that the, the, the documentaries, not currently on Netflix, but it can be downloaded on YouTube and on our website, ironcowboy.com.
0: Okay. Well, when I watched it, it was on Netflix.
1: It so. was, they just took it down. Um, our contract for the year ran out. Okay. And, and so they're renegotiating right now. So as of this moment, it's not on there, but it is on, you can download it on YouTube. I think uh, Google and, um, and on our website.
0: And, and we'll make mention of that for sure. Uh, for people that want to see it, we'll leave a link, Um, as we post this and it's it's awesome it's definitely worth watching I thought it was very well done and and so uh what kind of what you know before let's talk about uh James Lawrence before the Ironman because obviously you had wiring or a foundation of support love or awareness um before you ever even started to challenge yourself through sports or through I want to say Ironman or or running but where did your inspiration come from or what did you do before getting into the, uh, the running? Yeah. I
1: mean, I've been athletic my whole year and it's interesting to, to, to glance backwards. Um, I did every kind of sport I could. And and I think in life people should try everything they can to find out what they resonate with. Right. Don't, don't be pushed towards something that maybe you don't enjoy or, just because mom and dad said so, or that's the right, right decision, right? And so I I tried everything in in terms of athletics growing up. And glancing back, I find it really interesting that I gravitated to three different sports. And that is um, wrestling, golf, and triathlon. And the parallel between all three of those is they're all individual sports, and they're all extremely mentally challenging. And, uh, and that's just, a common parallel between the three. And, and really one of the biggest questions I get is how do, how do you become mentally tough? And again, not to beat a dead horse, but in this time that we're living in right now, it's not the virus is going to affect most people. It's how we handle it mentally. And then obviously the financial repercussions, are but mentally it'll break more people than it does, um, viral. And, and the answer and the reason I love individual sports is because you have to be mentally tough, whether you win or you lose, it's on you. It's about accountability, right? Looking in the mirror. This is my fault. I lost. It's my fault. I won. It's my fault. And I think I love that, that I didn't have to, I couldn't put blame on anybody else. Um, Yes. You have coaches. Yes. You have a team. um, But when you're out on the mat or you're on the golf course, or you're on, you know, on a solo pursuit out there doing an endurance event, it comes down to what work did you put in and how can you
0: manage the conversation with your mind? Hmm. I love that. I um I did a marathon. My first marathon that I did was in two thousand ten. Yep. two thousand two thousand ten two thousand eleven. It was a rock and roll marathon in San Diego. Okay. Um, for me, it was a mental challenge. I played basketball all the way through college, um, and. Running was always a punishment, so there was a negative association for running and so for me, I just wanted to mentally tackle it right i wanted i'd never run over three miles before that because everything we did was sprints yeah and, um i got a I got a running coach his name's Stu middleman he wrote a book called um uh oh uh forget what the name of his book is called uh slow burn slow burn Stu's still still around but he uh he broke like a thousand mile record running around a track, uh, really neat guy. Um, cool. And I uh, met him through Jarek Robbins. And, and so uh, as we were preparing, he wanted me to do it all natural, not do any sugar along the way. And he said, listen, Brian, he said, the most beautiful thing about the, uh, the marathon is he said, you're going to have an opportunity to negotiate with your body. He said, and he's like, he was at that time still running 15, 16 miles a day, right? And um, he said, there's never been a race that I participated in where there wasn't a point in time in the race that I didn't have to negotiate with myself, like negotiate with my body. And, um, and I just, I thought that was, uh, so it gave me a lot of reflection because about mile 19, uh, I guess my glycogen storage ran out. I caught a cramp in my, uh, in my, in my hamstring and I just froze because I knew if I went down, there'd be a possibility of me not going, getting back up. Right. So I just froze there for about seven, eight minutes. And I did end up like eating a bunch of popsicles and goo because they were right around. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but I I think about that a lot. And I I know that you doing what you're doing and, and pushing yourself to the limits. I'd love to hear a story about, you know, a time where, uh, you had to negotiate with with yourself or your body, uh, especially in those 50 days. Like, what 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 was a point or what was a tool that you used to to get you through that? And when you said have a conversation with yourself, what what does that mean for someone? Because I think everyone's even in business, you're gonna you're gonna have to negotiate with yourself at some point. Yeah, it's
1: been interesting. Um, I had I had no idea the journey was gonna pushed me in the direction that it did in public speaking and, and wanting to do that type of appearances and motivation and all that kind of stuff. And over the past five years, I've, I've just had the honor and blessing to speak in 48 different countries. And what's, what's been interesting to see is that the common thread that it doesn't matter if, I mean, I've spoken to the Minnesota Vikings, I've spoken to top executive and Fortune 500 companies and Visa and you, you name it. And, and I've also spoken at high schools and, and colleges and whatnot and people that are just starting on their journeys. And what the, the, the absolute commonality between everybody is that as humans, we're getting in our own way and we are toughest on ourselves and we are our own greatest critics. And because of that, we have those conversations and it's a, it's a bully mentality that we do to ourselves and it's literally a conversation and life is about each one of those moments and conversations that you either win or lose. And if you can look back on anybody's life and you can see major turning points, and to get to those turning points, you had decisions. And except, especially at those major turning points, those are big decisions. And it's all a conversation that you had with yourself, what to do in that moment. And I believe in that everybody should have a personal ethos, meaning what you stand for, black and white, there's no question, what it is, ethically, values, whatever. And in any moment, you can say, I'm having a really hard time with decision. What's my ethos? What do I stand for? Decision. made, Right. Um, and I always go back to the time I climbed Kilimanjaro and, and we we got asked to come be the first to ride our bikes to the top of the 20,000 foot mountain in Africa. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. But then I realized, man, this is going to be a challenge. Nobody's ever done this before. I want to take this on. And, As I was climbing, I regretted it, was in that moment, didn't know what I was doing. The higher I got, the less oxygen I was getting. Really started to have those conversations with yourself about self-doubt and preparation and fears. I mean, fear is the ultimate sideliner. And um, ended up getting up to base camp 12,500 feet and came across a group of veterans. And they had just summited. They were on their way back down. And I remember looking down at the girl, and she only had one leg. And I was moments before that, I was complaining about how bad my leg hurt. And, you know, I was just like, it just hit me like, just be filled with gratitude, be present, be right now and choose to wake up, choose to wake up tomorrow with a new attitude, new resolve and be present for every pedal stroke until you reach the top of the mountain. And we went on to summit the mountain and hoisted our bikes over our head at 20,000 feet overlooking an unbelievable view of Africa. And I mean, that's just, I think a beautiful example of having that conversation, but it took being present and aware of the people around me and, you know, being open to and teachable in that moment that look, you can do this and you just have to focus your attention on a couple of key things.
0: Yeah. And that, that perspective of seeing that girl probably just completely anchored and just reshifted you into, to your own power. It's funny that you say that. Um, me and my wife went and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro four, three years ago. Okay. And um, I had a similar thing that ha- I didn't train at all. She wanted to do it. This is a, this is a theme for you. Yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, overcome to become. And, um, and so we went with, uh, a group of green berets, like it was a special forces unit. They were testing our product and they wanted to test it at altitude. Right. And so we were the only civilians in the group that were going up and, I went because my wife really wanted to do it. I really thought at the last minute I was going to be able to come up with an excuse not to go. And I was like, all right, I got to go. And so I get there and I'm like, are you kidding me? So after the, you know, first couple of days we did, um, it was just a lot of, it wasn't height initially in the first couple of days. It was just the rain, the the lower rainforest. Yeah. The the trek. And, but I was sore from that. Right. Yeah. And, And, um, and we have these green berets that like they're finishing two or three hours before us and then coming back and like, Hey, they called us Brancy, Brancy, come on. You know, they, they didn't want to leave us behind. And so the last day as we were summoning, um, I started gaining momentum. We, uh, you know, once you start getting up on the mountain, you kind of are, as you're probably called, you, you see some of the similar faces cause there was other groups going up yep. and there was a lady that was 80 some years old and she was bringing her grandson up for the first time, but she had just had a battle with cancer and she was really struggling and i remember we were passing her and she had her her uh walking stick and you know i just remember her saying i'm doing it for him like so i'm just taking myself one more step and like i immediately was like if she has that much resolve what am i complaining about like you know and and uh and that you know it, so it was it was really cool but it was just funny it very similar situation. I mean, obviously you're riding a bike, but, uh, but it took that recollection or that perspective to, to give me the internal, you know, strength to say, what am I, what am I complaining about? So. How how spectacular was the view at the top? Oh, it was freaking awesome. I mean, it was, it was so cool. We stayed up at the top, um, because the green berets wanted to climb that ice block. So we stayed down in the crater um, so we went up to the top and then we descended whatever, 5,000 feet into the crater, but it was freaking amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I started getting into the documentaries. My wife, I was like, we're going to do Everest next. Let's go do Everest. She's like, <laughs> that's a whole different ball game though.
1: Yeah. I, I you know, it was also, a, a cool experience. I was standing at the top of, of, of Killy and one of the other guys in the military group with, uh, that had that girl in it was blind. And he couldn't see that view that we were seeing. And, and the, the, what I got out of that was that we, we have no idea when something's going to be taken away from us and mm. to never take for granted the things that we have. And I mean, look at look around the world, how many rights have been taken away from us today oh. because of, of what, what we're doing. I, I was just talking to a buddy of mine in South Africa and he's like, no, we're on lockdown. Like We're not allowed to go 500 feet outside of our homes or we get fined and
0: imprisoned. And I'm just like, how how did we get to this point? Well, and I know this is political and I probably might edit some of this out, might not. But, uh, you know, here in the US, I mean, it's really scary. I mean, it, there's there's been people locked up that have been paddle boarding by themselves in the middle of the ocean. Or my business partner who lives in Puerto Rico now literally was standing on the beach and the police told him if he didn't go back in that they were gonna lock him up. And there was, wasn't anybody else on the beach. And so like, it's, It is a scary slope um, how quickly liberties and freedoms can be taken away. So we we should embrace every single one of them. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the world
1: world will forever be changed after this.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and there's gonna be a lot of truth and positives too of like, I think it's it's gonna be changed for the better. Yeah. I think it's
1: gonna gonna be better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. the,
1: the, The learnings that we're having right now, but isn't that the point of life is to face adversity, struggle, not bury your head in the sand adapt and evolve and come out more powerful more grateful and and just with endless possibilities this this time has been and and i mean if you go to my social media today i just posted on my stories about hey look everybody's situation is different like some people they're worried about a mortgage and milk and i'm you know worried about my next training program right so every Trust me, I get it. Everybody's situation is different and I'm not judging anybody, but me personally, the situation that we've found ourselves in, it's an opportunity. I've been blessed to be able to spend more time with my family in the past. This is the most I've been home in the past five years. I mean, I've just really, really appreciated. I've had an opportunity to shift and pivot my business. Um, it's just so much great. And then, again, I get that everybody's situation is different. I'm speaking my personal situation.
0: Yeah, and and there's always silver lining in anything that we're going through. So we're, we're not, you know, it's, uh, there's always, there's always, you're always gonna be stronger for whatever you're going through, no matter where someone's at. And uh, I agree with you. I mean, we, um, I was talking to my business partner the other day and he's like, you know, I've spent more time with, with our kids, you know, during this time than I have in the last, you know, seven years. So, yeah. So it's really cool. So what are you doing right now to stay in shape? Speaking of um, uh, you know, what are, what is, what are some of your daily routines or rituals that you're doing right now?
1: Um, I'm in full training except for swimming. Um, And I, great news. I've got a, uh, just ordered a master spas, swim spa so that I can now swim at my house. It'll be here in two weeks. Um, But I'm, I'm looking at my office right now. I got three bikes lined up right there. I kind of one's mountain, one's road and one's kind of gravel. And I've been rotating through those, but I live right at the bench of the Wasatch mountains, which is crazy. Awesome. Um, I can ride up to just over 10,000 feet, um, running trails. I did a trail marathon here last weekend. Um, I I have a a little gym here at my house. So just doing everything I can to stay active, both physically and mentally, um, working on business, spending time with family. We've done a lot of work in the yard. Um, it's, it's just been really, it's been really great. And, um, I, I'm, I've got some big races that hopefully happen later this year. Um, we're going to try to set a course record for a, a race in California if it goes off in October. I've got a 200-mile run in Lake Tahoe um, in September, um, a couple Ironman's late in the year, and then I'm uh, going to try to break well, those, into- those
0: races supposed to be going off, or do they know yet, or are they just… Yeah. Uh...
1: Currently, they're going off. I'm scheduled to do the New York City Marathon um, first week in, Janu- uh, first week in uh, November. Um, and I got an email from them today that we are set to go. Um, oh, wow. obviously everything is being monitored and changing. We put on a race here in Utah on August 1st, that is still scheduled to go. We're waiting on the final permits because the state has to uh, approve the opening back up of mass gatherings. Um, but we're slowly moving towards that. I mean, I heard today that the NBA is, is moving towards a start date. And so, the, I mean, everybody's optimistic but still we just don't know and and like i I mentioned earlier in in this conversation um focusing on what you can control right now without speculation of things that are unknown is the only way to proceed sanely.
0: right yeah so what um your all's race there uh is it a is it a triathlon is it a marathon is it a it's a it's a triathlon and it's put kind of put in the category of extreme,
1: um, based on the elevation gain that we have our bike ride. So it's a, it's a beautiful swim. You can do a half, half distance, full distance, or, um, yeah, half distance, full distance, uh, swim. And then, um, the bike, um, the, the race is called the guardsman. And it's because there's a, a, a mountain climb here on road that is like the Swiss Alps and it's called the guardsman. And so the bike ride finishes up that and then finishes, uh, at the ski resort, the Brighton Ski Resort by Park City, um, and then the run is a trail run on there. So it's an unbelievably spectacular, challenging race um, that if anybody's
0: got the guts to come try it, they're more than welcome. I mean, I, listen, I mean, should we enter it? I, could, I bet I could get more. I mean, I don't know. It could be fun, something to go. Through. I would do the half. I've yeah. never done a full, though, but yeah. I would do the half. I'll tell you what, I, I
1: will let you race it for free. And anybody that you can come get will give them 50% off just to see if they
0: can finish it. Hey, I'll I'll do it. You don't think I'll do it? I know you won't do it. You don't think I will? If you do, you won't finish. You hear him challenge me? Like, listen, I just literally saw Gary V post something and I was like, because I used to always say that I love being underestimated. I will uh, finish it. Give uh, send me the details. I'll I'll drop it in the message box. Yes. <laughs> Is the bike uphill? Is it, I mean, is it? I just said the bike finishes up Guardsman. So you bike up the guard. I thought you meant you run up the Guardsman. You bike up the Oh, you run on the ski resort, Brighton. Oh, okay. So you're, so you swim, you bike up and then you run. Yeah. Yeah. So then the bike taxes your legs and you get off to run. Yeah. It's a triathlon. (laughs) All right. I can do it. I think I can do it.
1: Oh, don't. There you, I, I just caught you. I think I can do it. I think I, you got to think it first, right? No, you say I can do it. Mostly I can do it. I think. Think gives the notion a waiver, a way out. Never say the words
0: I think. That's a, that's a wavering statement. Oh, I thought try was the waiver. I, I know I can do it. There you it's go. All this, I, when is it, September 1? August 1st. Oh, I better get after it. Three months. Three months is enough time for a half.
1: Absolutely. And, and what's great is a normal half would have like a cutoff because we do the full on the same day. You literally have the same time frame as the full Ironman
0: athletes to do the half. So you have all day. Yeah. All right. That'll be fun. As long, as long as I can, I can see, um, James afterwards and let him know that I finished. I'm going to be racing the half with you and I'll be waiting at the finish line for you. Okay, let's do it. I'll do uh, it. I'm going to get some people to do it with me. You watch. Same. So. Well, listen. I appreciate. It. I know that um, at our events, you're one of. Uh, after you spoke, everybody, I mean, just loved you. I mean, some some, I mean, they were just begging. Obviously, then COVID hit, but uh, they they couldn't wait to to get to hear you again. And and hopefully, once this all dies down, uh, you can come visit the community again because I know that that uh, they got a ton of value out of uh, out of you talking and just your presence. So it meant a lot.
1: Cool, man. Well, I I really appreciate it. I have a lot. Literally, the your event was hands down the most fun I've had on stage of any event. And I've done hundreds of events around the world. And so you, you guys are for sure a good time. And then we had, we had a blast.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, let us know what we can do to support you. Um, you know, we're, we're huge fans and we wanna become closer friends. And if there's, uh, for people listening in, um, if they wanna check you out, follow you, how can they um, tune into the Iron Cowboy?
1: Yeah, it's uh, ironcowboy.com is the website access to everything we have there. Um, and then I I do most
0: everything on Instagram, which is at iron cowboy James. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I appreciate it. And in closing, uh, is there any, um, you know, I guess advice that you would give anyone listening on the line that's pursuing better, they're pursuing, you know, their own, uh, best version of themselves. What's one piece of advice you would give them that you've learned through your journey?
1: Yeah, I just posted literally two days ago and posed the question, what advice would you give to your younger self if you could? And my advice was to believe in you and to keep showing up with relentless pursuit.
0: Love it. Awesome.
1: Well, we appreciate it. Keep going after it. Awesome, Brian. Be well. Much respect. Much love.